the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, radio family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are, are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you, and my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's Word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to gracechurchva.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you. We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer. Matthew chapter 25, which you guys read this week. Actually, I think that was uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday morning. Matthew 25 and verse 14. Jesus begins for the kingdom. Now, every kingdom requires a king, not a president elected uh, by the people, nor Congress representing the people, not even a judiciary appointed by uh, the president or approved by the Congress. A kingdom is a governing system based on uh, undivided sovereignty of a single individual. So this concept of a kingdom is foreign to us in the Western world. So we have to take a little time to, to dig in. For the kingdom of heaven... We still have monarchies today. Uh, we have some in places like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Swaziland. Vatican City, by the way, is actually uh, an absolute monarchy. But unlike these, what we term absolute monarchies, 
God's kingdom is distinct from these uh, monarchies in that God's kingdom is a constitutional monarchy, meaning our king only exercises authority in accordance with his written law or his written word. So he's not, and a lot of people have a crazy idea about God that God could just do anything. God only does what he says he will do. And God obliges himself to his word. Let's listen to the king himself. Tell us more about his kingdom. Matthew 5 and verse 18. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot, which was the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet, or one tittle, uh, this was the smallest stroke of the pen, like a dotting of an eye. It's a very, very tiny stroke. This is Jesus' words. Will by no means pass from the law till all is what? Fulfilled. So Jesus is saying that his kingdom only operates in congruence with God's written word. This is why understanding scripture is so very vital in each of our lives. It's the very constitution of God's kingdom. So hold it near, hold it dear, because the more you read it, the more you fall in love with its author. Now let's listen to Psalms 138 and verse 2. Listen to David. He says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you, no one had to twist God's arm or talk God into what he's about to say next. For you have magnified, is that what the book says? Your word above all, all your name. Meaning God holds his faithfulness to his word above all of his divine attributes combined. This is why we call God holy, and this is why we call this Bible the Holy Bible. For you have magnified your word above all, all your attributes, all your name. Now, your reputation is the most precious public asset you could possibly have. But God so highly regards his word that he would even sacrifice his reputation to maintain and uphold it. This is why this book is so valuable. God always does what he says, no matter what you or anybody else thinks about it. Did I lose you in this first little part there? You're still with me. All right, you're thinking. Matthew 25 and 14. For the kingdom of heaven... Now, the kingdom of heaven could simply be defined as wherever God rules. And what Jesus says here is he, he's saying by implication that the laws of God's kingdom are not so otherworldly that they cannot be grasped by things we experience here and now. Jesus begins 10 of his 23 parables in the book of Matthew, by saying the kingdom of God is like, meaning the kingdom of heaven is not some abstraction. It's not something that, that is too far for man's mind to understand. Now, now, think about it. Now, we all know that eternity is greater than time, right? Okay. But if we truly believe that time came out of eternity, 
we shouldn't be surprised by the parallels between the two. Time is is a little different than eternity, but it came out of it. So again, they're going to be similar. Paul digs into this. Stay with me. Romans 1 and 18. Paul says some heavy stuff here. Is it okay to learn? He says, for the wrath of God is revealed. Now, this is tough, but Paul is saying, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that God put the idea of his judgment and in wrath into the minds of all people. Whether they were familiar with the Bible or not, there's something in the human mind that knows, you know what, we have to deal with the Holy God. Matter of fact, almost every ancient culture, before there was a printing press, before anyone knew uh, really a whole lot about the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, almost every ancient culture attempted to appease their gods in some form of sacrifice. It's like we all instinctively knew that we somehow ticked off God. Everybody, whether Native American, whether South American, no matter, you could be an Eskimo, you all, everyone knew. You know, we have somehow gone awry, and life is not the way it's supposed to be. So everybody came up with some means of atonement with either God or the gods. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven, meaning it's a revelation placed in every human's heart against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So God is, according to Scripture, put an intuitive sense of good and evil in the hearts of each person. But here's the deal. When any person says that there's evil, it's like a double-sided coin. They are conversely asserting that there must be good. Because there can't be evil without what? Good. There can't be worse without better. So whenever we accept the idea of goodness, we're affirming the existence of some moral law that can distinguish between good and evil. Now, when we say that some moral law exists, this posits or necessitates the idea of a moral lawgiver. Because the question is, if moral law exists, where did it come from? So the deists and the atheists say, well, you know what? It's the laws of nature. Nature kind of just kind of created these laws. But we believers know the law comes from God. Scripture says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all revealed revelation, apocalypse, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, of men who do what? Suppress the truth. Now, we may rationalize. We may try to suppress what we uh, instinctively know. But deep down inside each of us, we each know one day we will give an account to a holy God. You see, I don't know the size of a salmon's brain, but it's not even probably even 5% the size of the human brain. But God placed something in the salmon that makes it leave the ocean, swim upstream, find the place that it was born. I'm not sure exactly how it does it. And then it lays its eggs. There's something God placed in the Arctic turn 
that makes it fly 44,000 miles from Greenland to Antarctica and back to again do the same. There's something God placed in the wildebeest. Not a very bright animal, a herd animal, not, not, not the most sophisticated of all animals, but there's something God placed in that animal that caused him every May to leave Tanzania and move uh, from the Serengeti all the way to Kenya. No one writes these animals a letter. There's no council meeting. There's no King Salmon. There's no King Arctic Tern. There's, there's no King Wildebeest. But somehow, instinctively and intuitively, they all know exactly what to do and where to go at the proper season. So God has so highly and finely tuned nature that God, with his greatest achievement, somehow wouldn't put a homing device inside us. saying that there's more and somewhere out there must be a living God. Verse 19, because what may be known about God is manifest or obvious, apparent, what have you, in them. Watch this. For God has shown it to them, meaning God has shown each of us At some point in our life, our conscience cried, there is a God. In fact, your very existence is evident that there is a creator. We all know that we must have came out of some greater design. But but here's the next verse, what I'm trying to get to. Did I lose you? We're together? All right. Y'all are brilliant. You're ready. All right. For since the creation of the world... His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Ever since the first sunrise and sunset, people could see something of God in creation itself. No one needs special training to know that God exists. In fact, on the other hand, it takes some special training. It takes miseducation in many situations before we can reach a level of denial of our humanity and become so dull to our humanity that we no longer believe in this God that the ancients embraced. Then it goes on and says, even his eternal power and Godhead. And what Paul is saying by the Holy Spirit is that there is such a clear representation of God's beauty his complexity, and his design in creation. We can't help but recognize there must be some logical brilliance and coherence in the mind of our creator. That somewhere out there, there's a mind that makes sense because it's just too much order. There's just too much design. We know that it fell. We know there's problems down here. But even behind the problem, there's still beauty and brilliance. And we all know it must have came out of somewhere. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to consider the likelihood. If I put all the uh, ingredients, if you will, to an airplane. Uh, You know, I put the the, the aluminum and I put the steel, uh, the the metal, the plastic, the leather, the, the propellers. I mean, and even a little gasoline. I put all of that 
everything that makes up an airplane. And I drop a match and it explodes. And I told you that after the explosion, the air, this fully functioning airplane just showed up on a runway. How much faith would it take you to believe that an explosion, just a bang by itself, no mind behind it, but some explosion created an airplane that sits 200 passengers can be flown by a human and transport us from this place yonder and back. What type of fool? Would I have to be to buy that? The complexity of one human cell, one human cell, is a trillion times more complex than that airplane. And somehow, some people got out of nowhere. We just kind of popped up because the universe just got tired of being by itself. It takes more faith to be an atheist than be a believer in this word. Then it says, because of this, because when you really think about it, now listen, we don't want to think about it, so we don't think about it, and we argue with ourselves in our heads, and we kind of skip certain things because we're not serious. But when you get serious about really investigating this matter, the evidence begins to, to talk to you. It says, So they are without excuse. Someone really, really happily said, God made man small and the universe big to compel us to say that there's more than just us. So every time a human being looks up that vast sky, sees Venus and and the stars and and the sun, they know, know, how could God create something so big and we be so small and it just be only us. Here's the deal. A lot of folks say, well, y'all gospel folk, y'all, y'all Bible believers, y'all, y'all, y'all wrong. Y'all, y'all. Because w- what about that person that never heard the gospel? Here's the deal. Even if you lived an entire lifetime, entire lifetime, never hearing anyone preach the gospel to you, you have intuitively known in your gut that there is a God and you ought to have sought him. We will all stand before God without defense or excuse because he has made himself plain. Even without revelation in nature itself, in design, we have to conclude if we're just halfway honest that there is a mind behind, there is logic and reason behind all of Creation. Back to Matthew 25 and verse 14. Let's see if we get through this first verse. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is like. The best person to tell you what a place is like is a person who's been there. And this is why Jesus is such an expert on this subject. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man, watch this, traveling. Those who walk with God are always going somewhere. 
And if there's never any progress in your journey, you need to question whether or not you're really walking with God. He said, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going somewhere, like a man traveling into a far country. Why does Jesus use this language? Because Jesus was saying that he would soon withdraw his physical presence from his disciples and he would go back to the Father in heaven. And just as this man, he didn't, you, you, you have servants for a long time before you let them loose. And particularly in the ancient world, often servants were born in your, your own home and you raised them from the time they were children. And just as this man trained his servants, but watch this, he, divide, he decided that it would be best to develop these servants through his absence. The moment God seems the furthest away, the moments God seems most distant are often the time of our greatest growth. She said, the only way y'all going to grow is if I get out your way. He said another way, he said, it's better for me to leave here. For when I leave, the comforter will come. Now, right now, I'm doing it all. And there's value to that. But, but here, I'm only here as your teacher and instructor. Everything I do, I want you to do in my app. So sometimes you got to get out of the way. That's why you got to launch your kids. And sometimes they can't really become the, 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 the young man, the young woman they are till they get out of your house just for a minute. Now, they, they tend to come back in the boomerang generation. But there's some things they got to learn on their own. And as much as God loves me, there are moments when it seems he's so far away. And that's when I'm doing my deepest learning, my, my, my greatest growing. And as painful sometimes as those times are, they are necessary. Well, he traveled into this far country, and he called his own servants. Again, he was going to take them to the next level by getting out of their way and letting them lead. This, only, this is just the truth. You know, and I've done a lot of study, been in a lot of class, but here's the deal. There's only so much you can learn from a classroom. That, that's just absolutely true. Matter of fact, we, we put a little too much higher premium on education. Because I know a lot of educated fools, to be frank with you. A lot of folks... But, but listen, I, we value education. Please go through the discipline of getting a degree. But don't really leave that institution thinking you know something. <laughs> a lot of times we get a graduate in here, it's like, man, let me teach you how much you really don't know yet. And part of the problem is they don't know that they don't know. And it's only after you realize you don't know, that's the point you can really grow. All right. After... Listening and watching, the greatest teacher is doing. So he called his servants, and he delivered his goods to them, meaning he gave something of his own to each of his servants. For some, it might be a singing voice. We saw a lot of that on the platform today. Others of you, like Shani, she has this gift, she, the ability to make people smile. She just makes you smile. I don't know how Ephraim ever has a sad day. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> to others, you know, it's the ability to plan and, and organize. They might be a little more serious than Shani, but, but they're organizing and planning. They, they still have their gifts. But nothing in God's kingdom really belongs to us. He delivered his goods to them. If you're going to understand the kingdom, your gift is not your gift. It's a trust given to you by God. 
The moment you forget that, that's when you get in trouble. Someone said, to be trusted is a higher compliment than to be loved. Verse 15. And to one, and we're going to finish a little bit early. This master, this owner. And when you, you see, what, this is the problem. In America, nobody owns me. I'm my own man. That's why we don't get the scriptures. In a kingdom, the king owned his subjects. That's why he likened his reign to a kingdom. God owns you and I. You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus, and and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong, fear is a natural emotion, but through God's Word, we have power to overcome it. 1 Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to Him because He cares for us. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this, we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to gracechurchva.org to listen to my latest series titled, No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we will get through this together.